Rico. And yes, of course, again, you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. This will be podcast 227 for, why did I almost say September? My God, I've unemployed and almost lost track of time. <laughs> Just like on Star Trek. So uh, it is, though, I'm looking at my uh, Golden Retriever c- calendar, which uh, it's got a really nice picture for this month, which no one will ever see except for me. It is May the 17th, which is my nephew's birthday. So happy birthday, Jacob. He is 12, and I'll be going later to a party. Uh, I got you some books. Are you listening? Cool. (laughs) Anyway, it is May the 17th, 2009, and we are doing a Skype call. You may have heard some voices in the background there. We're going to talk all about, uh, and here's your only spoiler warning. We're talking all again about the new Star Trek movie. Uh, I sincerely doubt anyone continuing and, and currently still listening to the podcast. If you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, I don't know what's wrong with you. Are you, you know, in, in a hospital or, or what? Uh, you know, trapped underneath something? I don't know, but uh, you should go see it very soon. So on the line today with us, uh, we'll just go down the list. Uh, at least, uh, you know, we'll do it alphabetically because that's the way Skype seems to have ordered it here for me. Uh, first, we have Katrine from Berlin, and I don't know if you've been on with us before on Skype. I don't think so. No, I haven't. Um, I'm really looking forward to it, and um, it, will, it will be fun. <laughs> good, good. And then we have Dan uh, from the UK. Hello, Dangelus from the forums. How is everybody? They're not answering. <laughs> uh, We're being kind. We're being being kind. And then we That's have our anomaly lady who hasn't, I don't think, been on with us in a while for Skype. She's no. so very busy with her own show and all of her own work. So hey, Hello, say, everyone. That is Jen. Hello. And we have next uh, Joe. Hello, hello. Joe Billy from the forums, yes. <laughs> the still not, not so cold anymore Canada, right? Cold today. I don't yeah, know what is with that? Oh my gosh, it was like forty <laughs> degrees here last night, forty Fahrenheit. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's clear, but it's cold. So, um, and then we've got Meds from the UK. Hello, it's very wet, rainy, and slightly stormy here today. That's about typical, right? That's about ninety percent of the time over there. Yeah. Can't say much more than that. <laughs> Although I did have to say, Meds, when I when Lynn and I went there in June for about uh, a week, uh, uh, several years ago, I mean, it was like the most perfect week. It was like 75-ish Fahrenheit, whatever that is in C, and um, mm. it was just sunny every day. It was beautiful. So uh, Yeah, I need metric conversions, please. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Is that 20 or something like that? that sounds about right. <laughs> You know, C just doesn't have enough numbers in it, if you ask me. It always seems to be like about 20 or 21 or 22. You know, I don't, I don't know what it is. but uh... You know what? Honestly, the uh, the thermostat in my house is in Fahrenheit. So Oh, is it? Yep. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Next, uh, we've got Feathers. Mike is with us for also from the UK. Hello. Mm-hmm. Not so rainy down here, Meds. It's just a bit blowy. We're expecting <laughs> the rain, though, because they're... they're inaugurating the new Wimbledon tennis court just up the road, so we're waiting for the downpour. Oh, of course, the new roof. Yep. So it's going to rain. And next we have uh, Mr. Moyer. Hi there. From uh, <laughs> from Aberdeen. Aberdeen. I love it when you say, say you got to say from Aberdeen. It's just not right. I, we can't start without that. This is Rick from Aberdeen. How's right. that? It's nice out here today. It's oh, beautiful. look at that. My phone is ringing already. Yeah, cool. Hey. Hey. 
You have reached Rico. He's on a Skype call. It's my son from MSU. I'm going to ignore it. So, oh, well, Lynn, goes, Lynn's up there. She'll pick it up. So, one, one, one question for Rick. Yes. Are we, are we sure it's Rick that should be on here and not Amy? Having got halfway through uh, your podcast this week and discovered that she was telling you which war Miles O'Brien was fighting in. It wasn't that crazy. I can't believe she knows. She knows way too much about Star Trek. She's she admits it now that uh, being around me kind of by osmosis, she now actually she knows more than me because she has a better memory. So go figure. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of you know when we Lynn and I went to see the movie uh, since she hadn't seen it yet on Friday a couple days ago and yeah she's like she knows all this stuff she tries to say these girls you know and stuff I just, know I they're know. like oh it's Star Trek I don't know anything you know it's like you know she knew everything I I was like at the end where uh, not at the end but as we're going home I'm like. So did you understand about the timeline and the older? She's yeah, like a... yeah, I understood everything, and I'm like, all right, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I think uh... I still think we could probably win over a whole lot more ladies to Star Trek if they just put one character in, like from Jane Austen's series, and just have one of the bridge people say, "Hey, we're coming up with warp speed." I'm sorry. I'm well, sorry. I just, you know, I the... watched. I can't watch this. Movie. This uh, another since he doesn't listen to it, so I'll be I can embarrass my sons on here because they don't really listen. But the uh, my my younger son Eric is going to prom in a week or two. You know, this is his last year of high school, wow. and you know we went to see Star Trek last week when it premiered, and he found out that this girl he's going to prom with, uh, what's her name again, Rachel, I think. That she and her girlfriends, this little group of high school girls, senior high school girls, all went to see Star Trek that night. Oh. Uh, he didn't even realize it. You know, he was going with me. And, and I was like, what? A bunch of high school girls going to see this movie? I mean, I never thought I'd live to see that or hear about that. But uh, Come awesome. on. Did you not see the lead actor in this movie? Well, That's all right. Yeah. You'll have to see it. Yeah. That's yeah. why they he, cast him. <laughs> he, he was hunk of a day a week or two ago. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. you know, there there are some hunks in this movie. That's for sure. So uh, he, However, he, didn't get a, he didn't get his shirt ripped, though. That's my wife pointed that out. <laughs> That uh, his shirt was not ripped off. However, he should did have, have his shirt he off. He got beat up. You know, when I was watching it the second time, I mean, my gosh, they, almost every scene it seemed like he was in, he was getting beat hum- up, pummeled, or hurt in some way. I mean, <laughs> well, he has to learn how to fight somehow. That's yeah, true. yeah. I mean, he, for a guy actually, I thought who who says at some point uh, that he has this combat training and everything like that, and you know, hand to hand and everything. So they put him down on the platform. You know, he he got in his licks here and there, but of course, most of the guys he was fighting were a lot stronger than he was for the most part. But uh, but yeah, he was getting <laughs> beat up a lot. I think he had a permanent, you know, just bloody face through the whole movie. So yeah, that was pretty funny. But yeah, you're funny. right. Just, he, needs, he needs to have a torn shirt in the next one. Yeah, just just getting back to the the, uh, the mass appeal. I I was at I was at a wedding last night. I'm, I'm visiting my folks up in Montreal, and uh, you know the the best man. I mean these. You know, this is uh, one of my friends from high school. He was getting married, and uh, his brother, you know, is not really a Trekkie or anything like that. You know, he's kind of, uh-huh. let's say, one of those kind of a more generic, like, cool guy. He plays basketball, and he likes hip-hop, and, you know, all this stuff, and, and blah, blah, blah. And he ended off his, his best man speech with the Vulcan hand salute and live long and prosper. <laughs> I was, wow. It was great. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, and I bet they actually people didn't really find that, like, weird or anything you know because i I actually did something like that myself a long long time ago i I didn't quite do the salute but i said something kind of like live long and prosper when i had to give a 
little best man kind of talk at a wedding. Uh, it was my wife's uh, brother got married, and uh, I said something like that. She picked up on it and told me later, but uh, yeah, that I don't know. It's this movie has just seemed to be appealing to a lot of people. We were there on Friday, you know, a week after it opened, and you know the audience was still it was probably a half full theater and that was you know angels and demons that movie just came out and everything and you know a lot of other stuff to see so it's uh there's definitely a wider appeal to this uh to this film than than we've seen in a, in a probably forever almost for star trek i mean they've had a couple of other ones like that but i don't think anything like this trek going mainstream yes yeah yeah well that you know they did that little spoof on the onion, you know, on the website yeah. about, you know, it's they've taken Star Trek away from us. You know, it's it's now everyone else likes it. Now what are we going to do? We're going to have to find some other little uh I don't know if anyone listening or, or on online here with me, but I don't know if anyone watches uh, South Park very much, but there was this episode on, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago where there were like the vampire kids at the little school and the goth kids. And it was kind of this whole play on the whole Twilight. And I know Jen did a podcast about this stuff recently. But the the point of it was is that the the goth kids, you know, there have been the goth kids in school for a very long time. And they were all upset at the vampire kids for sort of stealing their thunder a little bit. And I just thought it was kind of funny just, you know, with all these <laughs> some Star Trek people saying, you know, no, everyone likes it. You know, what are we going to do? You know, so yeah. start, start carrying your tricorder. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah, is- there's. Go ahead. The, um, the only thing is that I have had to explain to people more often than ever before the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek. They'll say, oh, did you go see that Star Wars movie? <laughs> it, it was Star Trek. Yes, I saw it. You know, <laughs> and yeah, I don't know well, how many times I've had to say that. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, there's somebody who put together that little video, you know, where they oh, took the, yeah. the scenes from uh, the first Star Wars film and, and kind of, you know, spliced the you know part of the scene you know above the star wars was like the top part of the picture and then the star trek scenes from the movie were the bottom you know and they tried to show how hey look it's a kid it's a farm boy who goes out and fights this you know evil ship blah 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 you know, blows it up and everything and all this comparison and well i think somebody had a good point uh, on the forum that they said uh i think it was tim or something that said so, it was like yeah, you you know, there's only like six or seven real plots in in the yeah, world anyway. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I mean, that kind of storyline has been done a million times anyway. It's just how you do it a little bit. But um, well, uh, I'm not really sure what how we should do this. I mean, I'm open to suggestions. You know, we can kind of go through the movie a little bit, maybe talk about some of our our favorite moments, maybe get into some of the the more controversial <laughs> things a little bit. Um, I, I guess let's just maybe kind of start out. Everyone just kind of giving me a you know a, a, a brief. You know what? What you kind of thought was it? Did it live up to what you thought? And, and you know, I guess j- just just kind of a little synopsis, a couple a minute or two of what you thought in general about the film, and then we'll I guess we'll go into certain areas of it. Uh, so, anyone want to start us off on that? Kind of take uh, what you thought in general of a Star Trek. Maybe we should go through alphabetically or something. That might be the easiest way. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, you want to start, Katrine? No, thank you. It's, no. <laughs> how about, you, how about just an overall, like, you like it or didn't like it? or? Yes, um, I liked it. It was, was different, and I, I like it. movies managed to surprise me, um, the unexpected stuff. And, well, I didn't connect very well with the original series to begin with, so it was a very, very uh, good experience, different. that movie. 
How does it seem to be uh, playing in in Germany? Is it is it a, a hit at all? Is it doing okay? Is it, um, is it making think, making money? Uh, well, I read I read the same box office reports, and um, it's better than Wolverine, I think, as everywhere else. So okay. yes, there are there are people going to watch it that like um, not as much as in England, but more than in France. <laughs> Yeah, I I think I read something about, you know, Star Trek, I don't think in general, there's a few countries it's it's always done okay and pretty well in, but in general, it, in, in, in other areas of the world, it doesn't seem to play quite as well as it does uh, in the United States, I think. I know Star Wars, I think, has done a little bit better overall overseas, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, but, um, okay, uh, Dan, how about you? I really enjoyed it. I um, think they it needed it did exactly what it needed to do. Um, it took me a little bit by surprise at first, but after watching it twice, I think it was more Star Trek. I think the first time I went to see it, there were so many new elements in it, and I think I was looking for a lot of the new stuff that I was sort of didn't yeah. listen to a lot of the. Uh, you know the the stuff that's there for the for the fans and everything like that, but it's definitely um, done the right job, and I, it's just got me waiting for the next one now. That's why I think it's it's just set up the next film completely for me. Good, good. Okay, Jen, how about you? Um, I <clears throat> eagerly anticipated this film, like millions of others of uh, Trek fans, and I I loved every minute of it when I discovered that it was an alternate timeline other than that you know when before i found that out i was very ticked off that they destroyed vulcan but um yeah, yeah i loved that... every minute of it, it was action-packed it was um it was unique it was different than what we've seen in the past some of the twists were shocking i think i said aloud oh i say <laughs> whenever uhura kissed spock i was like okay <laughs> And the theater only had like nine people in it, and there was silence. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah we that, that, really that was a little bit of a surprise. We'll we'll talk about that a little, I think, in a couple of the other things that they changed around and in what we thought about those. But yeah, I, I, that was one thing I asked Lynn on the way out of the theater. I said, "So, what do you think about the whole Spock Uhura thing?" And uh, and she said that seemed normal. She seemed to kind of like him in the TV series too. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> So I don't know. But anyway, um, how about you, Joe? What did you think overall? Well, uh, hopefully I will uh, quote Will Wheaton properly and say uh, I loved it. It was awesome. Good. But uh, the only <laughs> uh, the only thing that the only little maybe issue that I had was I think for for fans kind of like us, I think that that prequel comic was almost kind of required reading. Because you really without that, I find maybe they didn't really explain kind of the whole how spock and, and nero got to where they were right the whole background and the how and the why yeah. and it, so i think for us to yeah. kind of and you know like maybe and the issue that, that jen had initially and they explained that very clear kind of clearly i think in the prequel comic so without that i think we would get a little bit confused whereas you know people coming in off the street were kind of like yeah i remember like you know star trek it was it's been on tv and i never really watched it you know for them it's fine but for us we needed that kind of clarification yeah, I, I agree completely on that, and I think that that's that was to me. I think I mentioned it uh, even last week myself when I was talking about it. It was just that one little weak point for me was I think the ba overall background. Rather, you know, it's hard to do that. I mean, it's hard to not just have a guy sitting there saying, "Oh, this happened, and I got mad, and so you know, whatever." But I mean, you don't really know. I mean, 
For one thing, I don't think they even really made it clear that it was kind of accidental to a degree of of how he went through. I mean, they kind of bring it out, but it's pretty quick. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that, too, some more, I think. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's difficult to do that in a movie or else, you know, it's four hours long. But, all right, next, Meds, what's your take? I know you did a little video, but give us your... uh, your ideas uh well i was gonna say it was the worst two hours of my life until i realized i was thinking about the phantom menace uh, <laughs> uh it was uh, <laughs> um, it's working uh, <laughs> it's working <laughs> it was uh, it was a, just an awesome film uh, i was lucky to go and see it at the imax cinema in, in birmingham i've only been to the imax to a IMAX cinema twice. The other time was in Brisbane, and uh, it re- I'm so glad I saw it in IMAX because to see the, the the effects, the space battles, and actually just to see the words Star Trek come up on such a huge screen, <laughs> I, I haven't felt that excited. In a, I think I said this on the videos for a very long time, and and to queue up with people, uh, you know, you, it, it's it's unusual to get a queue of people. All of you are there for the same reason, and all of you are there, and you're all excited, and you sit in the cinema and. The and me and uh, Mike Kelly got talking to two total strangers next to us about Trek. That happened to be um, two uh, two ladies as well, so that made it even better for us. <laughs> but it was uh, it just made the whole the whole the whole film was just absolutely awesome, and I can't wait to go and see it again. I've only seen it once. And the interesting thing about what Joe just said about the comic, I ordered the um, trade paperback version. Uh, a good two, three months ago, and it everywhere seems to be sold out here. Um, I've tried Amazon yeah. and up yeah. and so I, you know, and I ordered it thinking, great, it's going to come before the film starts, and I get to read it, and it still hasn't turned up. So, but so I haven't. <laughs> I haven't have read. It I, they don't have it on iTunes for you over there. I, I didn't. I didn't want to read it on iTunes because I like to own a copy and I like to have oh, it. Okay. Right. See, so I think if I if I saw it on the computer or on the screen or something, then it'd, it'd just take that little bit of you know um, enjoyment away from it. For me, I mean, I have, it makes no difference now because I saw the film. So, I don't think I need to I actually think read be, the book. Uh, I think you'll be all right. It, it'll it'll be a nice little thing of sort of filling in. Like I'm going to read the uh, the novel itself uh, pretty soon. I think this comic will do the same for you after you've been seeing the movie. It'll it'll kind of yeah. give you a little. Uh, fuller experience you know you'll, it'll fill in some background on on it it won't you know it'd be nice you know maybe to read it read it ahead of time although in a, in a way I, I think there's pluses and minuses i mean even though yeah it gives you some more background the the idea here is you shouldn't really need it you know if a guy's making a movie everything that you need to know should be there you know what mm-hmm. i mean you know what i'm saying i mean so there's there's sort of a little part of me that was when i when it first was going to be even though I'm a big into comics, so I kind of almost had to read it. But part of me was like, eh, is this going to kind of like taint my view of it? Am I going to be able to watch the movie without, you know, saying, hey, what would it have been like if I didn't read it? You know, so. Mm. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, Angela, I think, joined us. So we'll go back to her if she's ready to uh, give us her brief hey. uh, take on Trek. Hi, Angela. Hey. Hey, what are you nerds talking about? <laughs> so I don't correct. know. I don't understand the time. Oh, oh. I thought this is a Gilmore Girls podcast. <laughs> no. Didn't that show get canceled? What? But no. It did. I, I, I kid. I kid. How are you guys doing? Gossip actually... Girl. Come on. Get with the times. It's Gossip oh, Girl it's now. Gossip Girl. Uh, it's all Gossip Girl. You know. I got Lord of the Rings playing in the background, so Sweet. I'm a <laughs> So, what's your brief take on Trek? The uh, the um, 
the appendix. So I'm a real nerd. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Let me get my thoughts together. <laughs> I don't know what y'all have talked about already. No, we're just but... kind of, everyone's going through their just very brief take on the movie. What you thought after you saw it, kind of your okay. first impressions well, and. I don't know if Jen's talked yet, but I thought it was awesome, and I had so much fun, and it's really hard. I have to admit, it's hard for me to enjoy a movie in general, because I'm very analytical. If you've listened to our podcast before, you know I take every, I pick things apart like a crazy person, and I just was able to have <laughs> so much fun watching, and I love Star Trek. Like Star Trek is in my heart, so I really worried you know that it would not not meet my expectations um i think it's a lot different than some of the things we may have expected but i really enjoyed it as a film and i'm excited to hopefully see another one so that's my initial take is that good <laughs> fantastic okay is it was did yes, you want more excellent that <laughs> okay. is very that is very excellent all right, who's next? Who did we do? And then we skip back to we got Joe Meds. I guess it's feathers. Uh, feathers. Yes, yeah. feathers. You're next. Hey, I'm up. Try to get. Um, it's one of those things getting into the cinema world. I think this is right. I've never seen a, an IMAX film before, so there was that whole experience to it. But again, I was going in there, ended up chatting to the complete stranger I was sitting next to, sort of waiting for the thing to come on, and it's a completely different atmosphere to any other film I've ever seen. But also, I managed to ret- retain my relatively relatively spoiler-free mode, so I wasn't completely sure what was coming out. I'd read the comics, and there was an element where they could have done a lot more in the film on some of the background stuff, because a lot of what I knew didn't really come out on screen. But Joe's right, I, I needed to know. I think it probably would have upset me otherwise. But with that in my head, I just sat back and uh, went along for the ride. Oh, it was brilliant. Good, good. Okay, who's who haven't we done? My list is somehow I I don't see all the rest. Is Rick? Are you still there? I'm, I'm still here. Okay, and so is Chris. Chris just came on too. Oh, Chris. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll let Chris just sit for a sec, and then he can gather his right. thoughts about it. And uh, well, okay. And then go ahead, because I because yeah, let's well, do I that. Well, I really I really really enjoyed the the film. I thought it was great. Um, I well, of course, I was very excited about it. I asked my wife. I mean, I mean, I even did dedicated. My my podcast like half of it to the to the whole show and then you know leading up to it I agree with everybody though that the comics were really good to read beforehand uh-huh. before going because it it really made the movie a lot easier for me to follow if that makes sense mm-hmm. and uh, we went to IMAX as well and we had never been to it I mean I've been to like the Lewis and Clark expedition on the IMAX you know woohoo <laughs> but. Uh, when we went to this, this it was just like stunning. It was awesome. I mean, it was just so cool. In fact, it was so much so I couldn't catch it all. So I had to go back and watch it on a smaller screen a few days later, just to kind of get the essence of the whole thing. And it was it was just as enjoyable on the smaller screen, um, not quite as enjoyable because I mean you're like immersed into it on the IMAX. But uh, I really liked what they did with the with the characters and the special effects were great. Just it just felt good to be there, you know, as a Trekkie. It just it was mm-hmm. comforting and fun, and I'm excited to see what they do with it later. I was a little freaked out about them blowing up Vulcan. That was kind of weird, and uh, and I did. I just took me totally by surprise with Spock and Uhura. That was so different, and uh, I don't, I'm not opposed to it. I just thought, huh? <laughs> I just scratched my head. and Went, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, we'll have to cover that a little bit, I think. But the uh, yeah, so uh, Chris, go ahead. Just give us your brief where everyone's just been kind of going through and giving us their brief first kind of impressions, reactions, you know, what your overall take on the movie was. I loved I loved it. I knew a lot going in and it was still better than I expected. And I'm still loving it to the I have people calling me every day telling me how good it is and surprised that Star Trek is actually good. So I'm enjoying that even more than the movie <laughs> that is cool isn't it yeah the uh yeah. one one thing since everyone i think now has had kind of a chance to sort of sit on it a little bit and, and and think about it and one thing i as as everyone was going through their impressions i was thinking about that i i and i don't think we've talked that much about it on the forum but i wanted to just kind of get people's opinion or thoughts on this if, if you had to sort of break it down to what what do you think the reason that this movie seems to be, you know, liked by the critics, liked by the people in general, so much more so than than what they've done really with Trek. I mean, almost since since ever since any of the movies, the other movies have been out. What do you, what do you think it is? is? Is it the young cast? Is it the special effects? Is it what do you think it is? Is, is it just the fact that it's been such a long time? Uh, you know, anyone want to start on that? Anyone have a kind of, you know, something that they think might be insightful about that? I mean, I don't even know what I think about it. And I think I said this last week on the vidcast. I'm not really sure why this movie has been so generally liked. I, I mean, I have heard very few negative people or negative things about it. You know, everyone's had a few little things to say, but overall, I mean, I haven't, you know, heard that much that's, that's negative. So, you know, what do you, what do you think it is? I'll start. Yeah, go ahead, Jen. I, I think uh, I've had. <laughs> I, I was confused too as to why this is so attractive to people who are not fans. And mm -hmm, the only thing yeah. I could chalk it up to initially is marketing. I mean, this movie was hyped big time for a very long time, and yeah. um, a lot of critics kept saying, "Oh, you're going to like this. This is for the non-geeks," you know, and I, that got them into the theater. And then once they started watching it, they realized, hey, I could get into this. It's not that, you know, look, there's pretty people on the screen. And, oh, look, action. And, you know, it's yeah. exciting and yeah. fun. And there's not a lot of... Um, I like this ship. Right. Techno babble. <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> exactly. There are, and it also helps that there are people they identify from other series that they enjoy in this movie. You yeah. know, there was Siler from Heroes. That's a popular yeah. show among non-geeks. well cast, that's for sure. And, yeah, yeah Simon yeah. Pegg. He was in it. They know him from Shaun of the Dead and other funny films. I mean, I think those mm -hmm. connections. Heck, they even a had lot. the girl from uh, House, you know, you know, giving birth to Kirk at least for a few minutes there. So, mm -hmm. one owner writer made a cameo appearance, which, by the way, I was appalled to know that she was going to be in this movie when I first found out. But she plays an old say, lady really well. It. You know, she did an excellent <laughs> job. <laughs> she kind of has that look. I don't know what it is—her face or something—but mm -hmm. yeah. That so uh, it's. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. I think it was very well marketed. I think that, and I and I think a lot of that just was paramount. You know, their idea of moving it from Christmas to the you know to the spring summer time frame. I think that was their idea. Mm -hmm. You know, now we're gonna. I don't think we would have had nearly the kinds of things we've been seeing. I mean, all these tie-ins with, you know, cereal boxes and Burger King and, <laughs> and, and all Kingons. this. I really don't think we would have seen nearly a, a tenth of all of that. You know, a million different TV commercials. It's It was hard to avoid, you know, in a way. And it was almost getting to the point that I was saying, I think they're overdoing it a little bit. You know, I'm, I was starting mm. to get a little scared that, guys, okay, everyone knows it's coming out. 
you backed off a little bit, but you know, I think it worked. It paid off. Anyone else have uh, have any other things related to that to say, or or something oh, else? Is, this is Angela. Um, I, I, but I I think though, in a way, it's good because the idea of getting people to the movie theater in general has been hard, and they created yeah. an event. That's that's really the future of movies is these event movies because. Most movies, you can just wait and get them on DVD. You can wait and get them yeah, on DVD. Yeah, they're practically handing wait. you the DVD as you walk yeah. out of the theater. It's yeah. like, here you, go. So here you go. What you have to do in order to get people in, get butts in seats like they did is to create an event out of it. And that's that's what I think that they did. However, I think the the actual movie itself is also what keeps them there. And, and after they come out, they enjoy it is because it, it does, they were able to keep the essence. I think that they were able to successfully keep the essence of the, uh, of Star Trek while combining it with this, um, action movie. Wah, wah, oh, this is what they, you know, that kind of craziness. And I, I think they were able to do it. They did. They went a little bit overboard for me personally, but I also enjoyed it. I have to admit I enjoyed it. So that, that's why I think it worked. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely they, right. I mean, I was just yeah. the last uh, one thing I wanted to just say with regards to that is, you know, they, they had so much like they had that big uh, Hollywood premiere. They premiered it all over the, the world. They went to yeah. see the troops and uh in Iraq, I, I mean, they they really whoever was handling like the marketing, whoever whoever was yeah. the guy, that guy needs to get a raise. And, and, <laughs> and, and, you know, he, he he needs he did, yes. you know, he did it dead on. You're right, Angela. I mean, these movies do need to be big events. I mean, not every one, every film that they make these days, they can do that all with. But for something like this that they spend a lot of money on, that they want to sort of start a whole new kind of series of films about. They better make people, uh, you know, whatever they can do. Hopefully, they have a good movie to back it up. But right. whatever they can, whatever they can do to get them at to the theater, you know, don't right. just sit back in your little couch and wait for a month or two for it to come out on DVD. Go out right. to the theater, get in the car, you know, and, and go see it. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Very good. Uh, Tim, are you with us? I think Tim uh, joined us from the UK. Hi there. How is everyone? Hello, We're going for the Skype uh, Skype call record today with a lot of people, which I'm, I'm cool. really happy with because I wasn't sure with this time and the day and all that other stuff we'd get a lot of people today. So I'm glad everyone's. Uh... Hey Tim, give us your brief like minute or two uh, reaction to the Star Trek movie. Um, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I was I was always a bit of a naysayer about the. The whole idea. Wait, of is the, this um... Brian? Is this Brian on here with us? Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to say I, I, I agreed with him at, at, to start with, but I also think I agree with him that um, we were both wrong to even doubt JJ. To be fair, um, I, f I found it very emotional as well. Somebody had tweeted that um, they it, the film made them cry, and I thought well, that can't that can't happen. We don't know these actors. We haven't put any um we haven't put any emotion into them we don't know who they are i ain't gonna cry and uh within 10 minutes i was i was nearly blubbing like a baby yeah that i yeah that you it was a lot more emotional than than i mean I, I have a hard time understanding whether that's just because i know and care about these characters maybe even yeah. with other actors or whether but i mean i'm looking around the audience a little bit like the second time i went and saw it just a couple of days ago I had a chance to sort of do that a little bit more, and Lynn, my wife, was there next to me. And, Eve, yeah, the opening whole part, 
you know, I'm looking over and, you know, she's like got her hands up near her eyes and stuff. I'm like, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I so, cried. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was like they, that, that scene was, was, it was very really emotional. well done. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, even if there's just this little part of the back of your mind going like, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. The, she's just kind of going into labor while this attack is going on and, and, and the ship and all that, you know, kind of, okay. I can, all right, I'll swallow all that. But, um, <clears throat> I mean, you know, a lot you know, of it, you have to say, it's like sort of almost destiny all, you know, calling everything together. You know, there's a lot the of that, says. you know. Go ahead, Chris. That's what the book uh, says. It hints at that this is supposed to happen like this because people messed up the future. Ah. It's like the Final Destination movies. I don't know if anyone watches those, and I think I may have said this before, but it's almost like you, you can't avoid these things, Spock and Kirk coming together and, and, and right. this kind of all happening. It's, it, it, it is sort of, yeah, the universe is trying to fix itself or something like that. Yeah, or like exactly. a time machine or something. <laughs> that's yeah. how the book, without spoiling the book, that's how the book um, builds things to let you think that the universe put all these coincidences together because – these people are supposed to be together. Yeah, yeah. They kind of almost mm. come out and say that. I mean, even older Spock says that yeah. sort of in a way at some point. Uh, right. Was there anything else uh, that anyone else had to say with regards to my, you know, idea of, you know, what is it about this that seems to be making so many yeah. people really go see it? Is it the fact that, you know, they were just waiting and ready for a, <clears throat> a good space, you know, opera kind of a movie? We haven't had a Star Wars movie and. Well, since about 1983, if you ask me. So. <laughs> um, I have but, an idea on that. Go <laughs> no, I, I kind of like the prequels. Well, at least the last one, pretty much. But, but go ahead. No. Go ahead. Who, Chris, was that? Did yeah. you say you had an idea? Go ahead. Yeah, I think it's successful because it goes back to basic storytelling. And the difference between this movie and the other Trek movies is the other Trek movies have a lot of talking head moments. And this movie goes back to basic storytelling, show them instead of tell them. Yeah. So there are no lulls in it that people, you know, some people say it's the ADD movie, but it's basic yeah. storytelling. You keep people interested. Star by, Trek for YouTube, you know, for Star Trek for the YouTube generation. But And it, there's, there's few pauses in it, but you still get character development. Like, I think there's just less dead scenes and people like that these days. It doesn't need to be all slow and decompressed. Like it uh, used to be. What just about, tell- though, do, and sort of a spin off of that, and we can get into this. There's been some talk, and I know this came up on the forum, and I've seen it in a few other places. Do you think, though, that that would have worked if this was just, you know, um, Space Movie 1 or whatever? In other words, if you didn't know who these characters were or, who you know, what they were all about, and they just sort of did a movie just kind of like this, do you think, though, that they could have gotten away with just being so much kind of you know, like you say, not very many quiet moments, mostly action, doing and not saying. Because I think I don't think they could have. I, you know, there's I don't think that that would have worked if you didn't have Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and so forth. I definitely think they couldn't. They could not because even if you haven't seen Star Trek, you know about Kirk and Spock. Everybody, right. like, but eighty percent of America knows about Kirk and Spock and haven't even seen Star Trek. Right. Those, those yeah, names. it's in the social con- consciousness of the yeah. right of the world. Exactly. So they could get away with boom. Let's go right into the to this big you know thing going on. Yeah, I, I still think, think that, it. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. I think that's where I was going to go with it. You got the the publicity up front to pull people in because the problem you have with in you know the, the previous ten films is they've all come <laughs> on the end of a TV series. Yeah. So you're already if you haven't watched the series, you're probably not going to watch the film. 
Here, yeah. you've got the consciousness. You know who the characters are. They're in the, the psyche of, well, probably the US, probably certainly the UK. So everybody knows who they are. So the marketing message out in front is, we're starting these characters again. You don't need the backstory. You don't need anything. Look, we've got... And I think that's why they put some of the shots of them as kids in, in into the marketing side, just to show that, look, we're starting from the beginning. You can come in yeah. with nothing and build it up from that. Yeah. So doing it with another set of characters, it, it might have worked. But you've got that sort of almost global consciousness of who you're talking about mm-hmm. with the premise that we're going to introduce you from nothing. We're going to build it up from scratch and take it from there, which I think helped. Yeah. Yeah, I think there it's, was, you know, definitely in the last few movies of Trek, I think there was the the concern, you know, it was the fans going to see those and maybe they drag along a friend or two or whatever, but mm. there was a lot of like, uh, you know, you really needed to know kind of what was going on to a degree. I I mean, I I just don't think I don't think you most people would have just said, "Oh, okay, here what's playing?" and they go to, you know, there are people that'll just go to the movie theater. I never really do this. I'm always there like I want to see this, but they just sort of stroll in on a Friday or a Saturday or whatever, and they go, what are we going to see? And they, they go, Star Trek 89 or whatever, the search for, you know, more money or whatever it's called. And, and then they, and <laughs> then they you know, they go, no, I don't want to see that. I don't even know what Star Trek's all about anymore, you know. Isn't that, you know, a TV series that I see no matter what channel I change, it's on somewhere, you know. And they were kind of a little <laughs> bit big episodes, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think there's... There was, you know, it was a perfect, really, idea, and I guess maybe sort of the perfect storm of things of, like, people love these original characters, it was time for another movie, and you didn't need to know a lot about the history. It was just like, there's a bad guy, and there's Kurt well, Spock and the rest. You and... know, Rico, the the ace in the hole for them, though, really, if you want to, I mean, yeah. we haven't really talked about this, it was J.J. J. Abrams. You you get somebody like that on uh, it's board. It's not who... me saying that. I just want to make that clear. No, I'm but, not the right, one. Not here, Rico, don't there's worry. been at least two or three people that have said that now. <laughs> but I, I mean, real seriously. I mean, look at this guy. He, I agree. He does lost. Yeah. He does lost. It's hugely popular. He does Fringe. He does all these other projects. His name is huge. Mission Impossible Three. All this different stuff. And so you have a whole generation <clears> of people <throat> that are going to go check it out because they figure, well, if anybody can make Star Trek cool, he can. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, I, I think, think he knows what what, what people enjoy seeing. You know, I, think, I was skeptical, but now I'm not. I think, I think he, he enjoys. He knows how to make something fun to watch and interesting, and you yeah. care about the characters. You know, I've watched his stuff since Alias and yeah. pretty much everything that he's done. And even in like the first episode of that of Alias, when it first, you know, it was like boom. I think you know uh, the. I don't know how many of you have watched that, but the. The main character, you know, she's a she's a spy, and I think the show starts out like she's Sydney she's, Bristow, yeah, Sydney mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer Garner, and she's like yeah. tied to a chair. They're like hitting her, trying to get information, and boom! I mean, it they he just jumps right into it, and that's exactly what they did with this movie too. You know, it's mm. like boom, they just here you go. We we don't spend you know twenty minutes. Da, 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 you know, they could have been, oh, there's Kirk on the farm. There's Kirk plowing the fields. There's Kirk milking a cow, you know. And then, uh, although I did want to see a little bit more. I mean, uh, I, I did want to see a, a little bit more of him growing up and, and to explain the difference between kind of the way he was without having his father around versus, you know, the Kirk that, that you know, that was in the original series and was a little bit less, you know, kind of, yeah. This kid, this guy's pretty much he could have gone either way, you know, until the bar thing and and Pike shows up and kind of you know says do something with yourself, you know, do something like your father did type of thing, and uh, which I oh, thought really? that was great. I thought 
Chris or uh, what? Uh, Chris Pine, yeah. Chris Pine. Well, no, I was gonna uh, oh. Pike. Christopher Chris Pike, Pike. Oh, okay. uh, Bruce Greenwood. I thought, even though he didn't have a huge amount to do in the movie, I thought what he did was just right. I, I really enjoyed him. I was, and I was happy. Still to see ended that. up in a wheelchair. Yes. Yeah, which I didn't quite. You know, did anyone quite figure out? I mean, maybe again, that's something in the book. But okay, he was laying there. They shoved the little bug in him. You know, what what, what couldn't they fix? Was it just because he was still a little hurt from the whole thing? I think what? it was another one of those nice little nods to like yes. you know the menagerie. Was it? I mean, he wasn't. It beeping. was would have been, yeah. it been yeah. cooler though if he would have had some like one blinking. One for yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't, that would been cool. How bad they tortured him. <laughs> or maybe there was a fire there on the ship at the end, and he got kind of all cooked up or something like that you know and he was in you know the little black chair but uh yeah so uh, i wasn't really too happy with shoving the bug down him you know it's like i mean come on people is that really you know wrath of khan have you yeah were, that bothered me too were yeah, they that's doing why that they did it. i couldn't yeah that didn't see, bother me that's the thing that i thought chris i thought that when i saw that the first time it, i said it, it bugged are they just trying to do this as like because they stuck a triple next to scotty oh, okay. you know was, was it was it just like oh look all the Star Trek people will enjoy seeing someone get a bug shoved inside them against to make them talk. I mean, really? Come on. I, I mean, I think I'm uh, trying to put something in from every movie. <laughs> yeah, that's what it yeah. was. Is it um, paid or, homage or to Wrath, or, or a lot of homage to Wrath of Khan, like the apple scene that was directly from Wrath of Khan. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah, from from the uh, yeah, Genesis which I didn't cake. I didn't like that either really that much. I mean, I was like, okay, he's he's. You know, he reprogrammed the thing, and they're trying to show that he's this cocky kind of like everything's going to be fine. I can sit here and eat an apple while we're being attacked by all these ships and all that. And mm-hmm. that was okay, but it was like yeah, I thought it was just a little, just a little notch over myself. I, I, I but it's know. also the same thing he did in the Genesis Cave. Everybody's panicking. Yeah, yes. And he's, he's like, eating we're all right, whatever. the general order, whatever. He doesn't yeah. tell anybody anything until it's time to leave. Yeah. Those are the kind of things that I'm always curious about, and maybe when the DVD comes out or whatever, but I'm always curious if, was that written into the script, or when did that little thing come up? Hey, let's give mm-hmm. Kirk an apple to eat here or something like that. I always wonder about those little things like that. You know, but yeah. uh, um, anyway, so where are we, I guess? Let's talk about a Spock and Uhura. You know, <laughs> I love that. Love, exciting, but, and new. I think that's fantastic. Okay, did this. Were they? What was the point, though? Was it to show that this is a different kind of Spock? This isn't your father's Spock. I mean, was there? Couldn't they just be like good friends or whatever? You know, or good stories always have, always have want, to have a romantic. I'm not thread. sure why. Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you want like the 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 answer that we think like is story wise or the marketing answer? Because the marketing well, answer the marketing is answer is obvious. I don't know. That, yeah, that, that that's, you have to have a love story, and we're showing that this is an alternate timeline, and the alternate timeline these two get together, and I didn't really see anything more than that i mean i think it's cool i don't have a problem with it but it's just like i don't know i could have i think the story could have done i don't know one way or the other without it i i think I, it was good that she didn't get together with kirk yeah that's I, it. I, think I, it I like cool that i like the fact the especially yeah. Yeah, yeah i liked that i love the scene think, you know when they're on the transporter and it's like and, and, yeah. and kirk's there and they're ready to beam out spock and him to go over to the narada the ship and, and everything and he's like and they they put a you know the opposite spin on it. It's not Kirk saying goodbye to some girl or something, right? Spock's there. Oh, Nyota, I will be back. You know, blah blah blah. And it's like, 
ahem, ahem, you know, are we going to go? You know, I was like, oh, so her name is uh, Neo. Oh, I do not wish to speak of it, you know, or something. Yeah. You know? Well, maybe in this alternate universe, like like Feathers was was chiming in there, maybe in the alternate universe, it's it's going to be Spock that is the guy that's always picking up on the ladies. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't know. Angela, did you have something there to say about that? Again? Well, no. I mean, not along that line, but I think it's interesting if 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 there wasn't the kind of, I don't know if it's shock value. It's not really shock value. It's just different for us as people that know the story for yeah. Ohura and Spock to be together. Mm-hmm. But I is think if really? you take away that, it's neat to me thematically because Spock, you know, is supposed to be or is very, you know, he's very Vulcan, very uh, straight-laced, you know, non-emotional. And Ohura is shown as someone who is very emotional, yeah. very, you know, and th- so it's kind of interesting to see those two personalities together. Like if you, if you take out the context, I really like, I like that part of it. I think it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And for the record, for the record, Savik could totally kick Uhura's butt. I just want to say. <laughs> I think you're right. If you, if you listen to Latest Anomaly, you know exactly what Angela thinks about this, which is, you know, the cool guy who doesn't pursue too hard is the one who gets the girl. I seem to remember somebody saying that. Ah, okay. That's right. All right. Uh, well, thank you for bringing it full circle. It's true. It's true. <laughs> was, it, was it really shocking, though? Because I always thought that Uhura had a, had a thing for Spock. Um, you you think so, too. Oh, okay. So did I. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and she did, in yeah. the books, I'm sure I've read it in the books as well. Oh. That she had a bit, maybe not him for her, but certainly her for him. Well, there she were a few things, people. a few little spots that came up, uh, you know, in the original series where you could kind of get that from. Yeah, the um, the thing I was going to say about it that I, I kind of got out of it is I felt that the that this Spock, you know, Spock 2 or whatever we're going to call him, <laughs> that he seems a lot more like the Spock kind of post, like, uh, Star oh. Trek the motion picture. In other words, the Spock yeah. that sort of accepted, he still controlled his emotions, but he didn't fight it, and he used the, the sort of the good of it and and sort of the friendship, the love angle of it. He would almost be like, okay, I'm not going to give in to the hate, the fear, the, the, the negative emotions, but that was sort of like a, I call it like blended Spock. And the yeah. Spock here seems like he's already almost gotten to that point a little bit. I like him better before he died. He also <laughs> yeah. seems like the Spock. Yeah. Hate. So he's like almost more advanced in a way, and he's already gotten sort of to that more kind of stable point than than he did in this series. You know, he went through all the troubles that he did. And well, fighting. that seems to be what happened with all the characters, basically. Yeah. Everyone's now, like, more, you know, Kirk's the captain. Like, I think it was something like seven years early or whatever. And, you know, Spock's more the way he was later on. And they kind of just, like, everything happened. And boom, now we're where we know the people to be. And let's go on from here. Yeah. And one thing, yeah, one go thing ahead. about Spock is his emotions aren't that different from how they were shown in the cage. Interesting. In that very, yes. In the pilot? Is that yeah, what you're he was so yeah. He was emotional in the pilot. They toned yeah. it down later, but in the cage, he wasn't much different from how he is now. In the For women, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that's, he that's grins a little bit. I mean, some of that, you know, really it, that came down to that they hadn't really fully settled on what his character was going to be like. You know, that he was this unemotional, you know, from a race of people. They hadn't really figured that out by that point. But yeah, you could use that as a as an angle to talk about it. But yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I it was, it was a surprise to me, but uh, I'm okay with it. I, you know, it's not a, I, I like the fact that he tried to be this, 
I like the scene where he's at, at Vulcan and he's declining the uh, the Vulcan Science Academy thing. Yeah. I like the excellent. fact that he just sticks it to him that he says, you know, you know, well, it's amazing, Spock, that you've gotten this far through to your disadvantage. Uh, well, what disadvantage are you talking about? You know, he he just showed them. He's like, you know, no, you know, I I don't have a disadvantage. My mother isn't a disadvantage or whatever. I that part I liked a lot. Uh, Me too. Yeah, What's that, Mike? I think we missed you there. Sorry, I said you could totally see that coming at the beginning of the scene as well. And they, they started off. I just knew that was where we were going to end up. How about all the little <laughs> bully Vulcans? <laughs> that was <laughs> strange. That was strange to me because I felt like Vulcans might um, bully in a different way. Because yes. that almost felt like too To out-logic someone, yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. It were, looked like they were trying to target his human side and insulting right. him in a human way right. to bring out his human side. So it made sense to me. It was yeah, I guess in a way you could logic bully. that out, right? That, that, <laughs> that they're, you know, what what number were they up to of insults? Uh, but, you know, oh, they, you know that they're, they, they should come to the conclusion that the way to mess with Spock is, is to insult him and get him to emotionally react. It's not like... Okay. You know, Don't you're... be talking about my mama. <laughs> oh, and I think in that scene and in all the others and many other scenes, they made it very clear that Spock, no matter how, you know, even if he did go the Vulcan route and, you know, go for total logic, which he ended up not really doing, Spock loves his mother and he will always love his mother and he will always show that he loves his mother. And now even the fact that she's dead, he will continue to show that. Does yes. that make yes. Spock a mama's boy? I, I thought this was yeah. good character development overall. I mean, you got to learn a lot more about the Vulcans through this one movie than, you know, in, in, in the way that they um, express their, their feelings, especially with um, Sarek and Amanda when he told Spock that he, he had loved his mother, you know, because you never heard that. You see them, you know, with their two fingers touching and stuff like that in TOS and... Yeah. You know, as an old yeah. man on TNG, but you never hear him say that. You know, right? right. I got so. that. The I think the, the when I when I saw that, it came to me more in the second viewing of the film. But I got that a lot from the fact that his after the um, after Amanda died, you know, when Vulcan's being blown apart or whatever, the uh, you know that that his father would come to him and admit that at that point that that pulled it out of him. You know, he saw that his son was really distressed and he, he knew he needed to say something to him so you know again this being an alternate timeline that finally brought that out uh, onto the surface even though he's still this sort of very logical Vulcan he admitted yeah, yeah. it at that point you know because of what had happened to Amanda so uh, for me go ahead it introduced a new take on the Vulcans like if you listen to all the actors that have played Vulcans in the past they're hard to play because people play them as they have no emotions but in in this movie, they're saying no. And like in Enterprise, they're saying, yes, Vulcans have emotions, but they have control over their emotions and they push them down. And you see this more with these Vulcans. You can see that they have emotions and that they're controlling emotions, not that they're emotionless. Yeah. And I right. think that's so much better and it's easier mm -hmm. for an actor to play playing a character that's, you know, has has a right, stick up his butt. It. <laughs> that they have to fight it. I think you're right. I think yeah. it's very. It's a more interesting character study in general, too. Is the idea that it's not that you're, like you said. They're not emotionless. They're just controlling it. And the fact that there's times when it's hard to control is much more interesting 
to watch and to play, I'm sure. I've almost thought that, uh, and even before the movie and throughout, you know, watching Trek, I've almost thought that Spock, you know, rather than being disadvantaged, I've always thought he's sort of more advantaged because I think Vulcans, pure Vulcans, have a much harder time because they can't really understand emotions as much as I think a half-human, half-Vulcan could. And I think, Mm -hmm. in, in a way, Spock, even though he has this sort of dual nature, I think he actually because now as you're seeing him here and after the the original Spock in the original movies he's able to sort of be actually better than they are he can he can decide okay I'm going to use that emotion and that and that and he'll lie when he needs to and he'll do what he has to do but he still it, it doesn't it doesn't really bother him as much as it would a Vulcan you know what I mean you know what I'm saying the uh, I, I think a, a complete Vulcan like his father I think has actually a much harder time than he does in a way if that makes sense, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. I think he does. Another thing I took away from the movie is that for uh, for Spock, he had it exceptionally bad because he's been told by all these people that Vulcans don't have emotions. He asked his father as a kid, "Why did you marry my mother?" And he was like, "Because it was logical." So this is this kid with human or half human emotions that think that the other side of his family has no emotions. So I can see his struggle a little more now from that concept because he doesn't know how a Vulcan feels. He's not a Vulcan. So he's emulating something that he doesn't even know how they feel. Mm. Right. And when his father says, you know, I loved your mother, that's the first clue he gets that Vulcans have emotions. Yeah. And that just changes the way he's going to do things from now on. At first he's thinking, no, my my father doesn't have emotions. So I'm going to emulate that. And then it, he finds out he does, and I'm like, okay, that makes more sense to me. And it, yeah, I think that they they did a great job of 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 really making him a very interesting character. I mean, not that he wasn't wasn't before, but just really did a lot with uh, a very short period of time in a movie, and, and not a lot of scenes. I mean, he's obviously in it a lot, but uh, I I just think they really were able to. And that's another one of those areas where I think again, since we know kind of Spock and a lot of people do. They they were able to use that. They they and they, I think you know. I, I think another huge change that that they made and I think I'm right about this. But in in this timeline now, Spock and his father get along because in the original mm-hmm. timeline they didn't really get along very well, if I remember properly. Well, he yeah. the, right. the story where in the original was supposed to be that there was always this um, problem between them with the whole Spock going off into and joining Starfleet versus the Vulcan Science Academy that created a, a rift or a problem, and they never really spoke for years and years because of that and i think here where it happens in a fairly short span of time even though spock's been off at starfleet for a few years you you get the idea that they're even maybe a little closer to begin with i think so yeah it's yeah they're definitely closer here than they were in the original and and also i was just gonna say um amanda also served as a buffer between them you know she would she would talk for sarek and she would talk to spock and you know she kind of translated what her what his father felt and you know tried to help them in that uh, uncomfortable situation they had and now that she's gone there's no more buffer and they have to you know it makes sense that's a good point yeah I mean, it took until sort of season five, they, they acknowledged it in TNG when they had the, uh, I can't remember what it was, I've just watched it, because they re-aired it over here, but the two-parter where they bought... Midnight Syndrome. That's the one. Yeah, the, so the, the, the earlier one with the one with Picard, and then the, 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 the Sarek two-parter episode? there. Sarek episode? Yes. Sarek died, and, yeah. and, and Spock and Romulus. So the whole, I guess, Vulcan's having emotion 
and, and suppressing them. It was never really addressed that I remember in the original series, but they got to it eventually in TNG. But bringing it in right up the front this time round gives them a little bit more. Well, to play um, with, we've got about an hour in on the show, and uh, I, I'm trying to. Uh, there have been a couple other things that have popped through my head about what things to talk about. I, I, you know, even though I know it sounds like you know everyone really enjoyed the movie. Uh, if there are one or two things that maybe you didn't like that much, like, rather than creating a total, oh, it's the Trek love fest. All these guys, <laughs> they never can be critical. I, 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 I occasionally get comments like that. Uh, not really often. But I, anyway, I mean, I guess everyone's got a few little things about maybe the movie they they either didn't care for as much or, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? The Kind of the negative side. Of what, what would you have liked to have seen different or... Or what kind of bothered you? And I know we've talked a lot on the forum, but uh, maybe just one want, or two. Do you want a one-word answer? Go ahead, yeah. Mike. Engineering. <laughs> yeah. You mean, you mean the brewery? Yeah. <laughs> it was a brewery. <laughs> yeah. Scotty's got to make his hooch somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that... that uh, it hasn't aged enough, Captain. Well, well, what... You know, the thing about that I wondered about was, well, what is engineering, though? You know what I mean? I mean, you see different little scenes, like there's this the beam in thing where Scotty's floating through the water tubes or whatever, the coolant, uh, and and but then there's another place where Scotty's like, I'm giving it, she's all the, you know, you know, I can, and 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 they eject the core, and that's a different set, you know, and all. So I mean, there's engineering is like this massive like factory or whatever. Yeah, it was a bit much for me. I mean, I, I can kind of swallow it a little but yeah i i agree I, I i don't know exactly i mean did they just want to show a factory and went to some place somewhere did they build all that i don't know i'm not sure but well there was, was a brewery a, yeah and there was a tube that went to the bridge and they had uh, budweiser on tap <laughs> on tap okay it well, comes up in the chair in the arm of the chair the captain's right. chair i had no problems with the uh, engineering i thought it made a little more sense if they're building something that big and things get a little clunky sometimes. It's it just not as look, neat you know, clean. The only thing I'll say about that, though, Chris, is you look at the bridge and then yeah. look at engineering, or at least let's well, whatever you want to call it, let's just say Rico, the area. Have you ever been on a luxury liner? You look the, at the yes. bridge mm-hmm. and you go down to the engine room. It's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Huh? That's when That's I looked at that. Yeah, I'll, when I'll I accept at that. that. It just didn't – it needed a few more buttons and bleepy things and, and a few <laughs> – you know, rather than just a little terminal over there on the side with a little, you know, screen and, and Kirk, you know, gets them out to drop out of the little hatch thing. I, I don't know. It just looked – there just looked a little too much, like too many pipes to me. I mean, I'll, you know. I, I think I think the problem with this is like I'm sitting in my old bedroom at my parents' house that I used to, you know, when I lived here. I had and on the wall I have framed the cutaway of of the the Enterprise D, you know, with that kind of generic one where it yeah. shows you everything. Yeah, and I think I've all seen that. I'm one. sure yeah, everyone yeah. probably has it too. Yes. And we're so used mm-hmm. to knowing exactly <laughs> what everything looks like on the Enterprise and knowing exactly where everything is in relation to everything else and how many meters engineering is across and how tall the warp core is. <laughs> we don't know that here. And exactly. So that, okay. We can't handle that. That's right. So, uh, all right. What else uh, What else in the movie besides that? Oh, or, me, 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 me. Yes. <laughs> Jen, did you have something, Jen? Okay. Why is the Romulan baddie called Nero? That bugs me. I mean, he has a, a name of the a god of the sea, and mm. and then also um, the, okay. the way they looked, he looked very like a steampunk. It and, explains yeah. it in the book. 
I'm not yeah. going to read the book. I want to see it in the movie. In the and movie, the comic. right. It explains it in the comic as well. His and name? He mentions, he mentions are you saying it, his, I, his name is explained? Yeah. Or why, yes, or why, why he, looks. he looks the way he does, I think, is explained. They, mm. He's a minor. He's not in the Romulan military. He's not wearing shoulder pads. You know, oh, you, and, mean, you mean like his shaved head and his tattoos and, and the shaved stuff? head and the yeah, tattoos. Yeah, that's kind of that's explained. All explained. What's with and, all the uh, water, though, on that ship? I, I mean, they're like well, swimming. Well, he was the god it. of the sea. You know, you gotta I mean, have water yeah. somewhere. He's like yeah, talking to a plank on the table there, and he's like sloshing around in knee-deep water. I mean, come on, somebody <laughs> get a bucket over here. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't. Get I think that. the the other thing about that the care it wasn't just that. I mean, the name bothered me. I needed to know why his name was Nero, and um, the tattoos. I get it. He's a minor. He's not an. He's not a military guy. But again, he did look steampunk. That bothered me a little. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also, yeah. the mannerisms were not Romulan to me. They just seems like like um, a random group group of pirates, you know. But the, think about it like this: they're not the Romulans that went to West Point. They're the Romulans that are in the back hills digging up coal. They're yeah, that, that is that is a little different. bit of a yeah. They're they are definitely not your, your... like that ship on Battlestar. <laughs> that the Tilly ship, Union. that's the one. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah. okay. see ship. now when you put it in those terms, Angela, it makes complete sense to me. See, I knew Angela I would. Geek, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have one. I have one thing off the subject of the Romulan. This is so small, um, but I think everybody should have just swallowed their pride because I really believe at the end that William Shatner should have done the voiceover. No space. Oh, the yeah. scene that they've been I'm talking. Sorry, I'm, yeah. No, I'm just saying at the very, very end when they did. The oh, space. The final TOS, frontier. Yeah. Um, music and everything. I love Spock so much, but it just didn't sound right to me. And it either should have been Chris Pine's voice as yeah. Kirk, or it should have been William Shatner if they were going to go yeah. that way. And I know, I mean, I'm well, sure there's all kinds of reasons, and maybe people don't like him. What about Patrick? And I'm not asking him to be in the movie, but I think everyone should have just swallowed their pride, and he should have done that voiceover. That's my. Thing. I think is they should have done that with his face on the screen. That's another <laughs> no. one of those times, or, or Angela. You know, that's another exactly one of those points to me. Like I, I'm trying to wonder who decided or which way they decided. Because I almost think I would have liked to have had Chris Pine do it more than Leonard yeah. Nimoy. That which to me, that you know, they're starting a new group of people to do these right. characters. That would have been. I, cool. I can see it either way. I can see the point, you know, a little bit, but. Okay, you wanna maybe he'll do it at the beginning of the next movie or whatever. I don't know, but I, I think it would have almost been a little more appropriate if you're the choice between Nimoy and, and Chris Pine. I think Chris right. Pine would have made a little more sense. I agree him. with what, that. What was the other movie that Nimoy did it in? Was it uh He did it in Wrath of Khan? Yeah, it was at the end of the very end of uh Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, that is a little interesting. I, I'm not yeah. really sure why the they I mean yeah. I guess most people wouldn't care that much, maybe or whatever. But yeah, it's uh, that's that's a good point. And uh, anyone else? I have a couple little things, but I'll, I'll hold yeah. them. But the I, uh, I didn't. I I really didn't like the the monster, and I want to know if that was actually the Cloverfield monster. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, oh, <laughs> on, on Ice Planet Hoth, you mean? Yeah. On, on the, I thought the, the whole Hoth scene was kind of. A contra- it's a plot from contrivance. Yeah, what it was. was there a real reason for that? I, I didn't. No. You know, what was that to just show? Hey, cool. look, we can have a little monster. That and that was like Phantom Scotty Menace. That, that was like Phantom Menace, That's where the true. big fish eats the little fish. You know, yeah, exactly. they used Spock to meet Kirk and Scotty to get in, and that's how they did it. And it's kind of like I think that's one of those mulligans that you. 
Yeah. Yeah. Have to give it up with. Yeah. Like it's not. You know, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. If they had a budget for an ice scene, let them do it. I think it's also that we're seeing other life forms other than just humanoids. I like Uh, that. We've never seen any monstrous creatures on any planet except for the Horda, which turned out to be intelligent. Yeah, they were trying. Yeah, that you know they were trying to show that a little. And uh, was that supposed to be? And and again, somebody's going to say, well, in the book they talk about it more. Was that supposed to be like a moon of Vulcan or something like that? That's what I was wondering. Vulcan doesn't have a moon. It's another planet. It's another planet in the system. Planet yes, close, they, na- close they named it after Delta uh, Vega from the original, from the first episode of yeah, where Person. no man has gone before. That's Delta Vega where they strand yeah. Gary Mitchell on, which was they just na- not a nice planet. Yeah, they <laughs> just named cool it that, book, but they though. said it's not that planet, but it right. is its own planet. I'm thinking it might be the sister planet to Vulcan because we never saw that planet. We don't know what's on it. Well, plus it can, it it seems to be able to, with no problem at all, see Vulcan, you know, sucked Mm -hmm. into a a little black hole. And remember, it's in the alternate timeline, so the timeline can do whatever they want. I guess. They can say whatever they want in the timeline. Except with the names i can understand changing around where planets are and stuff like that i i don't know that that's yeah. a, that's a biggie that, that's if kind you of look that's, at, uh, logical. that's a little bit of, unless they're terraforming things in the few in this timeline where they well, weren't before i don't know they didn't show to kut which is like this huge sister planet of vulcan, vulcan it's a yes. movie, giant planet there it wasn't in the movie which was strange to me but then yeah, I'm that's where they should have, you know, dumped them or whatever. I, I had a little problem yeah. with them shoving Kirk out the Enterprise. I, I, you know, again, okay, that that's <laughs> Funny, that's that to get Spock and him together and, and everything like that. But I'm like, as, as oh, long this as he guy, has a towel with him, he'll be fine. He's that's kind right. of being a little rebellious, but give you, a towel? you know, it, like you shoot him out of the ship. You know, I, I don't. Know. What's <laughs> Mother what's... Universe needed him to be on that planet? Yeah. So that's, right. <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 was okay. The uh, anyone else with some little you know little things did, like what did everybody think of the si- Scotty's sidekick? Uh, I loved him. I had no I, problems with him. It was very I funny. Mm, I liked it. Yeah, it I, thought, I didn't really Star Wars. It was, there. I was okay with that. I mean, I, I said that's what Jawas look like without their hoods. <laughs> oh, it's those little guys on Cloud City there in the garbage dump. <laughs> the Ugnats. Yeah. I like the idea that he brought him along eventually. You know, he's on the Enterprise yeah. there at the yeah. end. So uh, He's a Starfleet officer. It, it was, it was <laughs> touching yeah. when, when he didn't want Scotty to leave and he kept coming towards him like a puppy. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> We also never found out if they have sandwiches in the future. That's right. No. No, That's right. <laughs> they have Beastie Boys, evidently. They have, they yeah, have they do. Boys. Well, that, you know, that's going to last forever, so that, there's no question. Did everyone pick up that the uh, Greg Runberg uh, voice was the voice yelling at Kirk when he took the Not car out? Not until somebody mentioned it. I saw it the second time yeah. I realized it. Yeah, that's, that's J.J.'s buddy, you know, who plays Park Parkman on Heroes. He's the voice of Kirk's <laughs> uncle who's yelling at him for taking his car out for a little joyride. Which is actually his stepfather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it's right. stepfather. Oh, it's it's hmm. it, it's not it's not Kirk's supposed to be Kirk's brother. It's his it's his uh, stepfather. Yes, yeah, it's too? his stepfather that he calls uncle because you know how in some families. Oh, they, okay, all right. They call the stepfather uncle before he became the stepfather. Yeah, so that's, that's not stepfather. that's not supposed to be uh, a brother of George or something. Then no, George. In the according to the book, George was the one walking down the street, and the reason why yeah, Kirk stole I, the car. I wondered if that was the case. That's his brother. No, I mean that's James Kirk's brother. Not I was talking about George's uh, his yeah, James, father's James brother. Kirk's brother's yeah. Sam, right? George, mm-hmm. it's George Sam. Sam, yeah. Oh, okay, right, right, right. 
Okay. Now that we've we got so, that. We are such that geeks. scene was very interesting to me as well. <laughs> How about okay. the whole Enterprise? You know, I kind of missed they made this big thing about the the Enterprise there. Kirk, you know, is in Iowa. He he cruises his little you know speed bike over and he sees the Enterprise being built there in Dry Dock or whatever they want to call it or on the on Earth. Okay, and everyone for months and months since the first preview is like, ah, oh, everybody's all, oh, that's not right. They're not supposed to be doing it like that and all. But then they just sort of ignore it. They, they, all of a sudden, you, the only time you see it, it's three years later, Starfleet, everyone's graduating or whatever. And then and the Enterprise is up in space. You know, you never saw, okay, how did it get from Iowa? Did they like, what did they do? Did, did anyone get like, want to see that i wanted to see what they did i it didn't make a difference to me but nope. i do like that hawaii the writers explain why it's built on earth because they need a stable a stable place to build it and calibrate all the gravity plates if you do it in space you can't do it as well you need a stable place that's why it was built on earth i'm like okay makes sense keep going and didn't and didn't uh, <laughs> didn't they tie like a million helium balloons to it and they called it up or something like that? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, right they can up. make Pixar. gravity yeah. plates. They can make anti gravity and lift it off. Yeah, I mean you can come <laughs> up with a, a reason for it. I, I just thought it was a little sneaky in a way that they didn't really then address. I'm wondering though if they did that because everyone was kind of seeing, you know, in one of the very early trailers, they're building this thing. It looks like on on a, on Earth on a planet. Right. And not, you know, I always assumed that they would have maybe sort of disassembled it. You know what I mean? Like they would have taken like they would have built it basically on Earth, but then they would have pieced it apart, you know, primary, secondary engines a little bit and then sort of pulled those up with some kind of tug vessels to to orbit or whatever. It's all technical mumbo jumbo that doesn't really matter. But I just thought it was a little sneaky that here is this big ship sitting in the middle of Iowa you know, being built, and then, you know, a few years later, oh, it's up in space now. Do you think they did that? Starships. Do you think they did that to parallel uh, Top Gun? Where Tom it definitely Cruise looked like Top Gun. Well, there's a lot of yeah. that in this movie. There's no question, you know, J.J. must like that movie. Cause... I think he's, no, he's clicking again that that um, little button that the non-geeks have to help them identify with something, you know, and, yeah. and their yeah. Movie yeah. it's cool. It makes sense. Yeah. And, and it's you been, know. you know, for the, for the most of the, the, the younger people, you know, that are going to see this, they may have seen Top Gun. I actually, my son in college loves that movie, even though it's what now, 25 years old or something like that. Wow. You know, they never saw it <laughs> when it was out originally. And, and, uh, but he still likes it, even though it's, you know, it's, it's an older film. They'll call it old, uh, you know. When they, when somebody says a movie twenty years, oh, it's an old movie. Well, said, I think from a plot standpoint, you know, maybe it was JJ or the writers or whatever wanted to have that scene of Kirk looking at the Enterprise. And I think if they had made the made it being built, you know, at McKinley Station or whatever in orbit of Earth and blah yeah. blah blah blah, it would yeah. have been very difficult to get Kirk up to the space station because he hates everything and he doesn't want to be in Starfleet. Why would he be up at this station? Yeah. So they said, okay, well, let's put it in Iowa where he lives so he can look at it. And yeah, part-time it, summer job somewhere, you know. So. I thought it was a little odd that all the cadets were in Iowa. Before but they, they, said they, were, they said they were giving them a tour of the ship. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, it was I, a I sweet was... ride, by the well, way. Well, some that, of them uh, were. Kirk no, they weren't all in Iowa, right? I mean, they were just kind of like going around, and they obviously have a shipyard there. So, I mean, yeah, it's not well, like the, was there. Yeah, the... not like the only uh, only people. Well, you know, they weren't all just from Iowa. Right. I mean, it must be. A... It was a recruitment point, and then they were showing people what the new ship was going to look like because everybody's talking about this new super ship 
the Enterprise. Yeah, I mean, I guess that it might have been like their their rally point before they went off to Starfleet Academy. Well, yeah. also seeing it yeah. from orbit would have been a lot like Star Trek: The Motion Picture, which that scene is super long and everybody knows it. You know, yeah. where even though they kind of do it anyway, though. I mean, when, when McCoy it, yeah. and, and Kirk first are uh, heading up there to the it's ship, it's done better though. Yeah, that, well, yeah. It's, it's quicker. Yeah. JJ oh, said, "We didn't okay, need a seven minute. We don't need ten minutes. How about ten seconds?" And okay, and you this know, is what like, the model makers made. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved. Uh, Carl Urban as McCoy too. I thought he, he was, was great. Just, uh, he was, was, he was great. awesome. Spot on. That's the one thing I had a problem with. Really? You thought he was really? too much? Were you going to no. say Chris? He was just no. Everything was good no? except for the way that they give Bones his name. Oh, I liked that. I don't know. Me too. I did. That she just left me. Yeah. Well, again, alternate timeline. You know. Yep. So That's the only thing I didn't <laughs> like. I didn't was hate there? it, but. I miss seeing, you know, I, I, I missed a little bit, I, I, and I know, you know, again, it's, I mean, the movie moves amazingly fast, especially, you know, the second time I thought it even maybe moved faster, but I missed a little bit more of the both Spock and Kirk growing up. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more there, and I also would have liked to have seen a little bit more Starfleet stuff. Uh, you know, it was mm-hmm. kind of billed as that kind of a movie a little bit. And, yeah. and you know, you, you, uh, some references to Gary Mitchell, Carol Marcus, even Finnegan or something like that, you know, just a quick little. It could have been yeah. a minute long or something, and I and I, I guess know the you, only got, thing you can't with, put everything in, but the only thing with putting in more of that is it becomes kind of a very contrived movie thing. Like you know, it's like yeah. oh look, it's Full Metal Jacket, where for half the movie they're in training and then they go to war, and it just like yeah, I think, yeah, I know. I, yeah, like, I, know, don't, I don't want to see them sitting in advanced warp theory class or you know running the obstacle a, course. Or... Yeah, I was reading a few things though that that there is a scene I guess between Kirk and his mother uh, when he's growing up talking about um, I think when he's younger and and you get a little bit more of a sense of that. And uh, she was supposed to be actually in Starfleet also. She was you know the reason she's on the Kelvin with uh, her husband isn't because it's a whole. TNG, bring your family aboard, you know, see the galaxy. It, it's she's actually in Starfleet as well as George. So, uh, but there's a little bit more with him and his mom growing up, and that that's something that they uh, they cut out for time. And then there's the whole, you know, 25 years. That was another little thing. This the ship is out there somewhere for all this time waiting for you know old Spock to show up, and then there's this supposed to be this part where they run into the Klingons and, and Nero is like captured or something. And they did film some of this, but they cut it for time. But I, I, at least when I first saw the movie, I had a little bit of a problem with, you know, Nothing they, happened they, what are they doing years? all this time? What's going on for all that time? <laughs> you know, it's uh, obviously they, to make the timeline kind of all fit. Okay. They, they show up when Kirk's first being born. So they can't really make a big fuss and mess for oh let's maybe about the time he gets out of starfleet you know so it had to work out that way but i i wish i would have known a little bit more in the movie or shown him in the movie what was going on then just Uh, think about it like this they were just waiting on spock so he can see everything that he's gonna cause yes yeah i know why i just wanted to see like a little bit more of of actually what happened because people have been commenting and i noticed the second time i didn't really notice it the first time the whole thing about nero's uh ear cut off and the, yeah the the you and know the he scars. looks a little more beat up yeah. and everything and, yes. and the scarring on his head and i didn't even he see didn't, that the first time he didn't look much older though i thought that was interesting he's well, romulan they, yeah they yeah, age romulan, a little slower nice. 20 yeah well yeah, that might be the other thing is that you know maybe for vulcans and romulans 
you know, maybe Jen, you know a bit more about Vulcans than than most of us, I think, based on the RPG. But uh, you know, maybe twenty five years for them is probably not that much time. They could mm. probably do not a whole lot for twenty five years. Well, they live easily, like, like you know, twice as long as humans. So that's like ten, twelve years for us or something. So yeah, maybe you got a little work done. You know, a little facelift there. And... <laughs> he went to he the local it. tattoo shop. Maybe I was just ro- gonna say he visited the tattoo shop. Beam through the transporter a few times. Maybe that takes off a few years. Mm. Or... <laughs> worked, worked for Scotty. Go back to last week's, you know, template of my uh, transporter pattern or whatever. That's right. or last month, sir. Perpetually young. Well, there's a whole episode right there. That could be an episode. You know. And the oh thing God. is, uh, if you attack too many people, they can rally against you. Yeah, well, he was yeah. definitely trying to bide his time. And, and one last thing I wanted to, in a, this just actually popped into my head like yesterday or today, and I was thinking about it. Where were they roughly at the very end of the movie when they finally defeated the Narada and that other little wormhole thing opens up and they get sort of pulled in and destroyed? Where was that supposed to be happening at? Outside the solar system. Outside of the Earth's solar system? I mean, they don't. it's very hard to, to tell where that is. And then also, did it just stop? Did that little wormhole thing, like the minute the Narada gets pulled in and the Enterprise mm-hmm. manages to pull out... Did uh, ejecting the warp core? Did that kind of can, can you know get rid of it? Is it still uh, out there? I, I would say I yes, because the first one faded when they came in. Okay. So and then the second, I think it's a temporary thing. So yeah, it faded after a period of time. So hopefully that's not something that you know is going to pull the whole solar system in and destroy it. Probably be bad. So. Well, it seems to be Star Trek convention that, you know, as long as you dump enough antimatter into something and blow it up, it'll make it go away. <laughs> That's right. Whenever, yeah, you, you know, go. they need to bring along like about eight spare warp cores now because that is, yeah. and, and, and just a few of these other little things that always the little MacGuffin that gets you out of trouble spots like that. Because you're right, Joe, they just, yep, that'll take care of it. Just I think That'd if we eject the warp core. That or the yeah. deflector dish, you know? Yes, like, exactly. Deflecting the or, or Ex- re- Exactly. And, and the last thing that I wanted to just say is, and we this has been talked about, I think, quite a bit, is the whole, like, that the, they're all basically, now here's the Enterprise, here's the keys, Kirk, your captain, mm-hmm. and all that. And Yeah. There wasn't anyone with, else on the ship that was more qualified to I'm, be I'm really fine, actually, with a lot of that. I'm okay with a lot of that. Maybe more than some, but I mean, for people that aren't okay with it or, or that are, what did you guys think about? Did that seem a little? I mean, I it's obvious, you know, by the end of the movie, they wanted to have them all. Okay, here's our, uh, here's your Enterprise, here's your crew. But let me see, but, you're responsible for saving Vulcan culture and then saving Earth. If you don't get promoted, what else is there left for you to do in your career to get a promotion? Yeah, but the week before, you're just a cadet, a cadet who's yeah. almost in trouble because he cheated on the uh, Kobayashi Maru and all that. And then you're, boom, well, I guess Pike made him first officer, right? So mm-hmm. that's yes. all yeah. That's all cool, I guess. You know, you can do anything you want, I guess, when you're out there in, in battle. But uh, And then he's <laughs> made a, a captain. Uh, it's... Like- you know, they destroyed those other ships. There's a lot of people that have lost their lives. So, I mean, they needed good officers. But the flagship, you know, the brand new one, eh, yeah. Just think about it like this. The if, universe is trying to make itself the way it is again. No, if the United States was suddenly attacked by nuclear weapons and then some uh, somebody 18-year-old ensign yeah. figures <laughs> out how to save everybody from total annihilation, right? I think bumping him up the chain of command Give would be a, a ship, good sure. thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I mean, if you look back to like World War One, World War Two, stuff like this happened. I mean, you yeah. have like 22 year old guys being, you know, colonels in charge of regiments because everyone else got killed and they were the next in line and they proved themselves. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend yeah. who's 27 and he's a major in the Canadian forces. And, you know, it's just it depends how good you are. If you're good, you'll, you'll advance. Does he ride on a horse and have a uh, girlfriend named Nell? Oh, wait. Actually, he is <laughs> an armored cavalry officer. <laughs> But he drives tanks. Oh, stay away from the train tracks. Save <laughs> me. He does drive but, tanks. <laughs> but he wears. Uh, yeah, it, it's wears okay. I mean, I'm again. It, I, I said, I you know, I'm good. I'm good with the whole like make them all where they were. I love Chekhov. You know, just I mean, on another little thing. side yeah. thing. So, but, I mean, I mean, he comes and tells you, you have all the Spock. All the Spock comes back and tells you, this is the very best captain of the fleet. I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, that's a good point, Adrian. That yeah, they like better listen to him, and uh, it's uh, I liked I liked the scene with him and and young Spock at the end too. I was glad that that was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. They glad they did that. I'm glad that glad that they didn't just keep them apart like they seemed like they were trying to do. Um, Yeah, one thing or they didn't do. Sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, I was going to point out that um, Picard became captain the same way. He was a lieutenant commander. Yeah, he was a lieutenant commander. They got bumped to captain. And he'd only been out of uh, uh, he only joined he's only in Starfleet for six years. That's yeah. four years in, then two years for uh, on the ship. He was only in for six years and got promoted the same way. Captain died, or something happened to the captain and he took over. And they're just like, might, hey. must make some of those you know uh, uh, other you know lower people just a little upset. Like God dang just, it, just you know I'm never bit. gonna get my own <laughs> ship or whatever. You know, Man. Was, I, I knew a lot of guys when I was in school so that long. were. Um, that were in the Navy and uh, Navy ROTC and then eventually joined up. And one of the things they always told me about uh, the military was that there was also a lot of, and this happens not just in the military, but in business, but there's a lot of favoritism they thought with families type stuff. There There is. There was a lot of uh, things like, you know, they, they knew, yeah, that's the word to use. You know, there's another callback to Top Gun, you know, same thing with Tom Cruise is like, Oh, your father was a great pilot. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know, you're Luke, you know, Luke and the whole thing, and mm-hmm. and, and you know, George, his father saved the ship and all that type of stuff. So it's uh, yeah, there's there's but a lot of stuff you can use as precedent. There's the same a similar thing that happens here with firefighters. If you, a firefighter dies in the line of duty here, that means their kid automatically gets a job with the firefighters if they want to become a firefighter. I don't think I would though. Then <laughs> it's like that's not very safe job there dad people do it a lot it's a legacy thing oh oh, there was a whole uh i'm not sure where this was i think it was on the replica prop form there was a whole talk about um people who uh you know going into the kind of the family business and stuff and somebody was was making the um oh i know what it was it was in relation to chris pine his father what's his father's name but his father is an actor who's been around a long time He, he comes from an acting family and uh, and then somebody made the comment in this thread about, oh, that's just nepotism at work in Hollywood. I'm like, do, do you think it just works that way in Hollywood? It works that way everywhere. everywhere. I mean, people take over. It's who you know. Well, you yeah, know. If people take over the family business. You know, maybe you're a restaurant owner or, or a small business owner of some kind. You know, uh, military thing. I mean, it's just it is. <clears throat> it happens. It happens where I used to work. I mean, it's just all over the place where you know you just. That's what you do because that's what the family's always done. I mean, that's kind of a historic thing. I mean, that's that goes back in time, you know, where people's even their names were like, you're, oh, your name is a Smith or, you know, whatever, butcher. Right, and right. Uh, 
Well, that's because your dad was one and your dad's dad and all that. So, yeah. Any uh, and, any last thoughts? We probably should just sort of wind this uh, wind this down a little bit. But uh, how many? Uh, I've seen it twice. I think a couple of other people have seen it twice. Anyone still want to go twice. see it again or taking someone who hasn't? Or <clears throat> I want to go see it again. I want to uh, go see it in IMAX this time because I saw it regular. I'll, yeah. yeah. Angela and I went and saw it in our little small town with like 10 people in the entire audience. It would Were they be nice shooting to off their guns the at the end, Jen? Were they everyone shooting their guns no, off at the end? No, but, yeah. Angela, but Angela, and I brought our, Angela and I brought our TOS communicators and we held them up at like yeah. Yeah, nice. my phaser. Nice. I brought my phaser. <laughs> and wore my Trex and Sci Fi shirt. I'm a little scared I wore, to carry I wore my as well. here around, but uh, even plastic weapons, I'm a little scared to do that sometimes in, in this mm-hmm. town. But. I made a new friend too. I, I sat next to a guy that was really into Star Trek and, and uh, gave him, uh, he saw my shirt, really liked I introduced him to Trex and Sci Fi. I'm sure he's listening. And uh, he well, listened cool. to the podcast Good. too. And, and yeah, Good. it was really cool. I made a new well, friend. Well, you know, it's, it's great that it's, you know, getting the interest and attention. And I, I'm really happy, obviously, about a lot of that. I mean, that's, it's long overdue. You know, I, I think uh, Angela was saying it earlier and a few other people said it. I mean, it was just, you know, just sit down and watch this and, and give it yeah. a shot. And I think people will now realize, hey, that's that's kind of cool. And maybe I'll go watch some reruns on TV or rent some DVDs or buy them. I mean, they're now it now is the time to strike you know they're putting stuff out on blu-ray and uh but it's uh it's just nice for for once uh and we were talking about the whole star wars star trek kind of ebbs and flows on the forum of like one seems to be a little more up and one's down a little or or whatever in terms of you know it's it's good that george lucas didn't just come out with a movie this year too i think that would have been Mm -hmm. too much but i think he needs to be like calling up jj on the phone though and saying hey jj (laughs) You want to do you want to do Star Wars? You want to do your own set of movies or something? I mean, I would love to see someone, and I don't really think it would be JJ. I think Trek is going to be his thing for a little while now. But I would love to see somebody do a Star Wars, you know, that that understood what people love about it and, and could make it like they did here in a way. Just just put all the good essence back into it, and but don't try to that... explain the Force to us. We don't need the Force explained. But, uh, you know, somebody to just do something like that. I, I would love to see that happen. I the thing with question. that is that's awesome. And uh, it's just but I, I also think, you know, we're saying like, you know, if Lucas did something. But I think Star Trek is the way it is because probably because of Star Wars. Like the, it. it turned oh, yeah. Into there's a lot right in there. Now. Yeah. It's a lot more. I find Star Wars like this movie. Yeah. The next one, we're going to have little shuttlecrafts flying around, you know, going down a trench and trying to destroy <laughs> the bad guys. Uh, <laughs> Our what? bombers. <laughs> there was a little rumor floating around, and, and there's so much stuff being out out there right now. It's hard to say. But what is? I, I was hearing somebody saying that they were toying with the idea of almost making the next movie or one of the movies after this, like some kind of a remake of either a previous movie in a way or or an episode. I mean, I I think is that a dumb idea or what? I, yes, I that's you know. entirely dumb. They need <laughs> stupid. to stop right there. They need to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any of you JJ guys won't let that happen yeah, if he's I, directing. I, I sure hope so, because I, I mean, I, you know, there's just a part of me that always worries when I hear that stuff, though, that I could, I could yeah. leave somebody out there saying, well, gosh, let's look at the five or six really most popular episodes and let's put our little spin on it with our I, characters. Well, I would like to see JJ Abrams take on Spock's brain. 
Oh, well, <laughs> there's, there's nowhere to go but up that. On does that does not exist in my universe. <laughs> yeah, in the parallel, in this alternate timeline universe, that does that never happens, yeah. That doesn't ever what? happen. They never go there. They don't. Uh, what is brain? What What is brain? Yeah. I have a question. Is it nepotism if uh, Chris Pine's father was also in Star Trek? Was he? What series? Uh, Voyager and Enterprise. Oh, okay. All right. He played I, a Vulcan in Enterprise. I thought that might have been the case. I know he's he's done a lot of stuff. You know, he's he's been in a lot of different parts over the years. He's kind of one of those guys that just sort of shows up like as a guest person in a lot of things. Um, but uh, oh, and I just one last little thing I, I I just saw today, and I don't know if this is official, but I just read somewhere. You know, they're going to do a Thor Thor uh, comic book movie, you know, live action and. The guy who plays George at the beginning of Star Trek, I heard, might have the role of Thor in uh, in this movie that they're going to do. And I think it's supposed to be directed by, like, Kenneth Branagh, or however you say his last name. Branagh. 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 I, can, I can see myself Branagh. going to see that. Yeah, I thought the guy was good, and I think he's got, you know, he's got the right kind of look for that, so who knows. Uh um, but let's wrap it up, everyone. I just want to say thanks. Uh, thanks very much for, I think we got into a lot of different areas and it was a lot of fun to talk about the movie again. Uh, it's just, it's Trek mania out there right now. I, I just, I was, I was shocked the other, the other day at the theater that there were that many people still going to see it a week later, although. And there's so many people going on the weekdays. It's like double the number of people that are seeing, uh, Wolverine on the weekdays. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's it seems to be doing pretty well. I, I think that it's getting you know obviously a lot of good word of mouth. You know, anyone out there listening, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Uh, it's 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 way way uh, worth seeing it in the movie theater and not just at home. No matter how big your TV is at home, I think uh, the experience of going out to see it is is a lot of fun. So uh, it's uh, a good time. So thanks everyone, and uh, just hang on for a second. I'm gonna stop our recording. But uh, this is Rico, and just saying goodbye from everyone here at Trex and Sci-Fi. Say goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. (laughs) You've been listening to Trex in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti. Copyright 2009, all rights reserved. TrexInSciFi.com